White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Win Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, everyone, and welcome in. Welcome back to the latest edition of Locked On White Sox. It is episode 351 here today. I'm your host, Chris Tannehill. My partner, Herb Lawrence, will be here with me in just a second. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the World Series last night. You absolutely hate to see it, folks. The Braves beating the Astros in their own ballpark 6-2. to two. Uh, Certainly a, an exciting game one if you're an Astros hater, as we are. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, today we're going to get into the mailbag. We're going to play one of my favorite games, Am I a Bad Guy? And we'll take some voicemails. And we'll have a lot of fun here today on this What Up Wednesday edition of Locked on White Sox. Uh, but before we get started here, something that made me incredibly happy. And once I get her back with me, I think on tomorrow's show we'll unpack this a little bit more. Something that made me happy yesterday on the 16th anniversary of the White Sox winning the World Series in 2005, and we don't play Remember When very much because, as Tony Soprano once famously said, Remember When is the lowest form of conversation. Uh, we don't do that often here, but when I do see the anniversary of the World Series, it does, I think, give a lot of us a lot of happy emotions, and you know. but it's also it gets conflicting at this point, right? Because so much time has passed, although it does seem like it just happened yesterday, but I always think of great times with, with my family and being able to go to game one and just thinking about the moments after the final out. Think about all those good things. But it's, it was appropriate that yesterday on the 16th anniversary, we find out that as the Padres are searching for their next manager, they decided to speak to Ozzie Guillen, of course, the manager of the White Sox in 2005, uh, one of our favorite people on this show, a Chicago baseball legend. And he interviewed for the Padres job last week, it came out, it was reported yesterday. So that, that made us very happy to hear about that, and Herb and I will talk about that at length a little bit more tomorrow. But uh, best of luck to Ozzie and the whole Guillen family, and I certainly believe that he does deserve to be back in the game. It's clear that he wants to be, and I think he's a, a good mesh of old old school and you know you're seeing and of course the 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 modern analytical side he'll have you know all the data at his hands but I think the Padres are going for something a little bit different I think they want that old school approach you look at that list of managers that they've interviewed here you know uh, you know they, they were linked to Bruce Bochy and Buck Showalter now you see Ozzie Guillen you know, for a guy to win a World Series and not really be in the conversation of all these managerial jobs, including the one here in town with the White Sox, I thought that was kind of a slap in the face that he didn't get that opportunity here uh, to to interview for the managerial job before Tony Larusa was hired. But you know, to to see all those guys that they've interviewed so far and to see Ozzie Guillen among those names, that just made me extremely happy. And you know, we will have to cover our Friar faithful uh, at great length if Ozzie Guillen's the manager because he's always going to be interesting. One of the smartest baseball people you will ever see or meet. So all the good vibes to the Guillen family and good luck. And I, and I hope he is wearing those Padres colors come 2022. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Spotify Green Room. 
Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. All right, we'll open up the mailbag next on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Herb and I will be hosting the Locked On White Sox room soon. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation as you listen to us every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us and may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on White Sox podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the Green Room app now for free. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and sports. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown White Sox squad is ready. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Another voicemail here from the 708. Good morning, Kenny and Herb. This is White Sox. We're out from beautiful South Carolina where it's 6.30 in the morning, 5.30 your time. Ozzy, my dog, and I are sitting outside enjoying the gorgeous 60-degree weather and listening to your podcast. Uh, Thank you. I need to go back to an old score bit, Am I a Bad Guy? (laughs) I substitute teach at the local high school. and No, you're not a bad guy. I had a student show up in full Astro gear, including the hat. And the patches on the arms, which he hid from me. <laughs> and I berated him in front of the whole class and told him how evil his team was. And the Dusty Baker threw at our player and then came up with a BS excuse how you don't throw at people when you're up big. It's like, really, Dusty? And then I told him how much I'd hated Dusty and the whole Astros bunch of cheaters. Am I a bad guy? Anyway, uh, we're back here. We're enjoying a long season. I can no longer say my first place White Sox. And I actually, for the first time in my life, I think I'm going to be rooting for a National League team in the World Series. Things will get better next year, right, guys? Anyway, thanks. Bye. Um, thank you, one of our, one of our guys right there. Um, I don't know if things will get better. If you if you heard the first few minutes of the show, us talking about the labor strife, and we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. But um, you guys remember the uh, the am I a bad guy bit uh, from from B and B? Is uh, he a bad guy, Herb? I, I got to know that. What is the age range here? He said high school, so these kids obviously uh, old enough to know how to troll. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save uh, my verdict. Uh, but what say you? Is uh, is our guy? Uh, Ralph, a bad guy for what what he did to a young uh, Astros fan, or at least a young uh, troll, at the very least. Um, no, I don't necessarily like him chastising a child uh, for wearing gear, <laughs> but he was wearing a hat, and hats are illegal apparently because <laughs> I couldn't wear a hat throughout. My whole childhood is weird. It's the weirdest oh, yeah. thing in the world. Well, gangs, like, gangs, sir. Remember gangs? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yes, he is not a bad guy. 
I want to call you a bad guy, Ralph, because you know it's a child. I don't know. I didn't get the the context, but you said you chastised the kid, so I'm assuming, you know, Ralph's a sweetheart. Ralph's it, a sweetheart of a guy. It wasn't like a, like a. I mean, he said that they're cheaters and the team sucks and they're <laughs> like kids probably like, God, just want to go to class today, Ralph. I love you, Ralph. You might be a bad guy. Doesn't mean you're a detestable guy. I'll still hang out with you. You know, yeah, Ralph's a sweetheart of a guy, so I doubt it got it. It, it didn't. It probably didn't get heated. It probably didn't get vile. Um, you know, I'm sure he just gave him the what for. Look, I went to Gordon Tech. You know, all boys school, uh, we would get embarrassed in front of our teachers. Like, they would say all types of, like, you know, uh, we, we had a rule, no facial hair in our school. You That's know, I, weird. I remember, yeah, you had to be clean shaven like it was the Yankees, you know. And I remember, <laughs> you know, a, a teacher coming up to me, Coach Whalen came up to me, and I had, like, it was my first little, my first little chin hair was, was poking out of, of my chin. And he plucked it out, and he gave me a razor, and he told me to go home and, and, and shave. Uh, not, I, I would have loved to just leave class and go home and shave, but no, that night I had to go shave. And I remember that was, like, one of my first least favorite moments of going to high school. Like, I, uh, they told me I had to shave there's nothing to shave like you know so that yeah, was... he plucked it out already <laughs> yeah, jerk. exactly did he, he gave you a razor yeah that's what they did you know they made a whole spectacle of it because you know uh you know I, not many of us had owned razors you know what i mean so yeah man uh it, so i guess i don't think he's a bad guy he's ralph's a sweetie and i don't think he he got too mean with it but look let's face it we were bad kids also in, in high school and if you're of high school age uh you probably did some bad shit and, and you know oh, yeah. how to how to be annoying so you know it, i i don't think it got any uh any any much worse than just a hey what's this guy doing you know and, and of course if he's in south carolina of course, this guy wore Astro stuff because he knew. His, well, maybe he didn't know that Ralph was a Sox fan because he said he was a substitute, right? So there's no mm-hmm. precedent precedent there established. So yeah, maybe Ralph really is a bad guy if there was no precedent of him being a Sox fan. So maybe it wasn't a troll. Maybe this kid's a bad guy too. <laughs> Firstly, living in South Carolina, you would think Braves fan, really good over there. Oh maybe yeah, maybe the White Sox. You're right down the street from Charlotte. Not right down the street. I think he's in the middle of South Carolina, but close enough to go and watch at one of the best minor league ballparks in the country. Come on. Or a Yankee fan or Boston fan, a Houston Astros fan after all that happened. Come on. That kid's a jerk. The kid could be a jerk too, uh, Ralph. You might yeah. have been a bad guy, but the kid was a jerk right. to be a to be an Astros fan in the middle of South Carolina. What a dick. Let me see if my hawk uh, drop still works. He's a bad guy. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> There's the hawkaroo. All right. Uh, moving on here uh, to the Locked on Sox mailbag, a vital part of our offseason here. We thank everyone for contributing here all right let's see what do we got all right josh bear checking in from the 217 he's got a late night thought i'm listening to your friday show after work thank you we need a second baseman and i feel like we can address right field and starting pitching and free agency but we'll have to trade for a good second baseman i have a thought what about trading sheets micker adolfo or micro adolfo and Insert relief pitcher here. Well, that, that's a that's a big parentheses there. Insert relief pitcher here. Who are we talking about? Um, you know, you mean like a Matt Foster? You know, you can't trade Cody. Yes, Hoy- I'll do that. You can't trade Cody Hoyer anymore. He's not here. So, Sheets, Adolfo, and relief pitcher for Paul DeYoung from the Cardinals. 
He can play the infield. He had a down year, so his value is lower, and he's on a fairly friendly deal for the next couple of years. He's a good ball player and can hit. Just a thought. That's a late night thought there from Josh Bear. Um, that's a lot to give up. But like first blush, that's a lot to give up for uh, Paul DeYoung. What do you what do you think, Herb, about that one? Again, it's a lot of that's contingent on what relief pitcher you're giving up. Um, but yeah, Paul Paul DeYoung was a, a 1.6 B WAR player last year. Yeah. Ooh, he didn't even hit 200, but he got on base. No. Ooh, at a 284 clip, that really was a yeah, down of year. Course. Yeah, you don't have yes. to give up that much for Paul DeYoung no. after that season. No, he just reminds me of a poor man's Matt Carpenter. So a guy that used to be good, and the Cardinals play him a lot. And then he just fell off the table like the last two years. I mean, I know if you want to throw out 2020 stats, not good at all. 2019, where he's an all star, he was a league average hitter. Um, He had 30 bombs. So people like, you know, stood up because he's a shortstop at 25 years old at that time. But he's falling off the table. Maybe he just needs some Frank Minicato fuck the home run type of stuff in him. To get rejuvenated, you know, you said he's a redbird, so coming back to the real state might get him right. Yeah, I should know. The food sucks. I should know. He did say redbird in the initial email. I don't know if I said that when I read it, but he also, yeah, he went to Illinois State University as well, uh, the alma mater of the of Chris Ranji, right? Or yeah, yeah. So Mark Rohde too. That's right. Yeah, Uh, boy, they're loaded there. But yeah, Paul Young is just twenty eight years old. But I think Herb, that would be settling. That's giving up way too much. Again, you fill in that relief pitcher for me, then we can we can get to get to business and, and, and meet here at the table here. But yeah, I, I think that would be settling uh, for for Paul DeYoung early in the offseason. as a last resort. I think that's a that's a lateral move from Caesar. You know, uh, to be honest. Yeah, with you. me too. Um, I'm not too high on Paul DeYoung. If he's going to be the guy that showed up in 2019, maybe, very maybe. But that's like three years removed are, at that point, the, you know? Home runs are enticing, but nothing else is. Like, doesn't hit for power. I mean, there he did. He doesn't hit constantly for uh, not on base. Slugging was only at Moses Malone, 444, <laughs> and that was it. So I can't, I can't, with all the people you just named right there, no, I can't do that <laughs> trade. Maybe just Mike Rodolfo if you want to take a flyer on Paul DeYoung. Yes, but he's not the starter. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Say for the 217, oh, that's, uh, that's down that area. Yeah. Josh, Shambana, so, Springfield. So maybe Josh Bears, uh, maybe he's got some some uh, inside info on Paul DeYoung. He's seen him every day, and he's fallen in love with the Cardinal way. Uh, but thank you, Josh Bear. We appreciate you, as always. More after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Taking a look at the early lines here for the NFL Sunday, of course, the Bears that we always have our focus on. Right now, they are three and a half point 
home dogs going up against the Niners this Sunday at noon over under set at 39 and a half. So if you want to make a play on that, you can head on over to bet online and make your play, get in on the action. And of course you can get all your updated odds on the world series. Every single game you can make a play, maybe make it a little more interesting. If you're a white Sox fan out there watching these games, trying to figure out how to make it enjoyable, watching the Astros, you head to bet online and you can look at all the lines on each game and make your bets every day on the World Series. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Celebrate your freedom of choice. That's why we love this country, don't we, folks? Built Bar's got so many delicious flavors. There's something for every one. And if you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. I was big into the German chocolate cake flavor all summer long. Let me know what your favorite Built Bar flavor is. They've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, just to name a few. And they sent me a special package of one of the flavors that I thought was gone. I thought this one was kaput. Uh, It was one of my favorite flavors earlier on this year. It's coconut brownie chunk. I've got one right here in front of me. Oh, my mouth is starting to water a bit here looking at this. And I can tell you, when you look at the coconut brownie chunk, just 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. That's pretty good if you're trying to make a smart health conscious choice while not sacrificing the taste because I can tell you firsthand built bars are absolutely delicious. I keep them with me here in my desk in my locked on sock studio. I keep them at work at the score. They are great if you're looking for a healthy snack on the go. And if you order today, you can get 15% off your order at built.com with our promo code lock 15. That's lock 15 at built.com built bar is the official protein bar of the U S track and field team. So check them out now built bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, next one coming in here from Alex. Hey guys, really enjoy your work here on the podcast along with six, seven, the score. Well, thank you to keep it quick. Do either of you have a major opinion salute on the John Cusack versus White Sox Dave interaction story that seemed to capture a ton of publicity? Uh, looking forward to the potential offseason moves as well. Thank you. That's Alex. All right. This is something we didn't talk about at all at the time because we were busy doing postgame shows on the score and we had a, a postseason series to break down. But for those of you who don't remember, uh, White Sox Dave approached John Cusack, the actor. He was in uh, Eight Men Out. He was in uh, High Fidelity. Love that movie. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. I, I forgot that he was in that team. one. Everyone kept like throwing that one in his face. I didn't even know he was in that one. I never saw that movie, but everyone was like, you need to get in your hot tub time machine and it's, go, it's have sex, go have sex with yourself or something. You know, something to that effect. Uh, but yeah. Um, so White Sox Dave approaches John Cusack. John Cusack more so noted for going to a lot of Cubs games like in, in the early 2000s and being uh, omnipresent there and in 2016 and just uh, being a, a, a mostly a, a, a Cub fan. But, I, you know, we, he had shown up on the south side occasionally and mm-hmm. he's always, you know, met with uh, boo, go back to the north side, blah, blah, blah. So White Sox Dave had some speaks with him. Uh, outside of uh, uh, one of the gates after the lone victory in the White Sox postseason and and says, like, what are you doing here, basically? I'm paraphrasing. And then um, 
and then John Cusack asks him, who was the shortstop in 1980, or who's the third baseman in 1983? And White Sox Dave doesn't remember because before his time. He's like, I don't think Dave was alive. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, and of course it was uh, it was Billy Squires, right? So you know, Mike uh, Squires, or Billy. I, I see. I'm doing it again. I'm confusing Billy Squire and Mike Squires as Not I'm one, the stroke as, as I'm one to do. Yeah, I think so. I think White Sox Dave in that uh, <laughs> argument said Billy Squires too. Damn it! Uh, I use I use Billy Squire for uh, for the uh, the opening uh, opening ceremonies on Parkins and Spiegel because uh, he had the original uh, sample for Run DMC's uh, "Here We Go" the the drums they took from Billy Squire. So yeah, so Mike Squires. So he's like, Do you know, who Mike Squires is Mike Squires, and uh, that became a whole topic of conversation. People talking about Mike Squires, and people were posting their baseball cards with Mike Squires, and he wound up on White Sox Dave show on Redline Radio, uh, but. The whole thing was uh, sort to me. It was a it was a very needless um, mm-hmm. confrontation on, on both sides. To be honest with you, um, I yes. like Dave, but what, what what did you think of that that whole scenario? And it did get a lot of traction uh, in, in the waking hours uh, after that that victory. And I felt like, man, we should be talking about a White Sox victory, not who or should or should not be rooting for the White Sox. But what did you make of that whole thing? Multiple things here. I'm always a fan of somebody confronting you face to face if they have a problem with you. So White Sox Dave has had a problem with Cusack for a minute now. Confronting him face to face is the way to do it. Kudos. Also, to be said, we as White Sox fans are not gatekeepers of fandom. So we shouldn't be. Yes. I started in 90. Tanny started whatever he started. You out there who's listening started whatever you started. We have no ownership of the White Sox fan base. If people want to come and go as they please. If he wants to be a Cubs and White Sox fan, so be it. We might not like it, but to address it as such as he can't be here, I think thought was wrong. So the whole argument, while I like Dave going up to him and presenting him, uh, with the problem that Dave had, I just don't necessarily think Dave or anybody is the person to tell John Cusack or anybody that they can't be at a ballpark. They can't root for the White Sox. We need as many fans as we can get here as the White Sox. If people want to come in, if what Cub fans who are uh, disillusioned about their team and what they did, come on through. Same thing if you move from a terrible Midwestern city like all of them usually are, except for a couple, Kansas City. Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh is a Midwest city, but whatever I'll call it. You can come into the White Sox umbrella, especially if you're Cincinnati. That's a shitty city. Come in into the White Sox umbrella. We want you here exactly how you are. Cheer for our team. Don't do the wave. That's the one thing I'll 100% say. The wave is dumb. It's interrupting our baseball watching experience at the ball game. It's usually during a time where the game is hanging in the balance, too. But yeah, I thought. It was largely unnecessary, but both profiles exploded, helped out Redline Radio, helped out White Sox Dave, helped out John Cusack. Everybody at the end, I think, is going to be fine. I told I sent a text to Dave. I was like, hey, man, you guys should do something about this. You guys should be like come together for like some type of thing, give away some uh, money or some charity to somebody. You know, it will work out well. And he's like, oh, that would be a great idea. 
I hope still at the in the offseason there's uh, some mea culpa by one of the two. They come together either on Redline Radio or on Dave's other projects, and they talk it out because I think individually they're both probably good guys. I see John is a little bit more right or left of me politically, which is very hard to do. God That's damn, really that dude. Jesus Christ, John. He, he's said, a conspiracy. Down. He's a conspiracy guy, right? Too like a, a oh, like yeah. a super far left conspiracy guy. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. But other than that, he seems I'm not, who doesn't love uh, say anything. It's a great movie. Check it out if you haven't watched it. <laughs> um, and he's been in some great movies, and uh, he's a Chicago treasure. If even if you don't like him. So I would say that uh, they should come together and do something good for each other uh, and squash this dumb beef. Yeah, agreed. Life is too short to to, to, to have beef just in general. Um, I'll say this. Um, that my, my life philosophy is, you know, um, do what you want. As, as long as it doesn't bother me, God bless. I don't want to hear about it. Um, just let me live my life my way. You live your life your way. We'll be cordial, and I support you. If you need help from me, if you need anything from me, I will help you out because I, I help my neighbor, help your fellow man. But other than that, I don't want to be bothered. Uh, so at the same time, so and I said I like Dave a lot. You know, if Dave feels like that's something he wants to do, Hey, go for it. Uh, you know, it's not my place to tell Dave what he should or should not be doing. It would not, it would not have been something that I would have done. I would have been just happy uh, about the game and and and, and all of everything like that, and just you know, and, and soaking in the vibes of a White Sox postseason victory. We don't get many of them, uh, and I would have been doing that that night. But you know, at the same time, if something is really gnawing at you, it's much better just to let it out. Rather than it turn into to, to you know some type of ass cancer uh, like in True Detective and and you die early because you didn't tell John Cusack how you felt about him you know so if you feel if you feel like you have to tell John Cusack what's on your mind God bless as long as you're not harming anyone um, I I think it it did look a, a little bit low rent but at the same time Dave's a smart guy. Got a lot of clicks, a lot of followers. He was able to parlay that into a funny guest with uh, with with Mike Squires uh, on Redline Radio, and he's always able to build on it. Right, that's why they're so successful at Barstool. You you do a thing, and then you keep building on the thing, and then it just becomes like sort of like making fun of itself, and it's it's all in good fun, which is why I like what they do over there. But also, Chicago has a celebrity problem. And I, I wish John Cusack wasn't like number one uh, in terms of, of of Chicago celebrities, but he's up there. I love Bob Odenkirk a lot, and I know Jason Benetti and, and uh, Len Casper were trying to convert him. And I know Bob Odenkirk has some early White Sox ties, and he was on the Sox Degrees podcast, and they gave him a, a, a hat and a jersey, and he, he wore it proudly. But Bob Odenkirk, to me, that's as good as it gets, you know, in terms of someone who I respect and, and reps uh, Chicago. But he's also, uh, you know, spends more time at Wrigley, and that's fine. And I don't begrudge him if he wants to go to a Sox game, like, it's, like you said. The more, the merrier. So we have a celebrity problem like that. I think that's the biggest issue here is we need better celebrities here because if John Cusack is like the alpha, if you're going to come at him like this is like your first day in White Sox prison and you're going after the biggest, baddest mf in the place and it happens to be John Cusack, then you got some problems uh, with, with your fandom. So I think you need to be more encouraging on who roots for uh, your team. And also, when you are a celebrity – and you have been basically in the city for the past 30 years or so, and you are, 
you have access to all the great things that that not everyone has access to. You know, the best restaurants and uh, you know that that lifestyle and with having a little bit of money, having athlete money, uh, having movie star money. You know that that affords you a lot of uh, extra luxuries that the the common fan doesn't have. So I'm sure John Cusack has ran in the same social circles as players from all teams in town. And Herb, you can speak to this when you cover a team and you get to know some of these guys, be it on the Cubs or Sox or whatever, and you get to know these guys on a personal level, even for a little bit, it's hard to not root for them. Like I still root for a lot of these guys on the on the sixteen Cubs because I met a lot of them. During my time going to spring training in Arizona, having them as contributors on the show, now I eventually became, you know, the biggest anti Jake Arietta guy in the world after being a huge Arietta fan. But after what he did to Bruce Levine last season, I was big time out on Jake Arietta. But a lot of the other guys there, I, I'm a fan of, you know. So when you when you get to know guys on a personal level, it kind of changes the game a little bit, and I think it kind of blurs the lines of of fandom. Like it's for me, it would be tough to like you know. Uh, have actual Cubs hate in my heart and in my in my body. It's just it's not practical because of of our professional uh, you know situation. So I think when you're an actor and you and you get to know a lot of people, you you're you're in this you know doing charity work with them. You're at the same uh, you know movie premieres as them or whatever. Any 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 Chicago event that that's a who's who. You're gonna find actors. You'll find. Cubs players, Sox players, Bears players, Bulls players, Hawks players. Like so, that's inherent to a lot of this, also. So I don't think that John Cusack has any. I don't think there was any bit of him that was like, you know what, I'm going to ride this wave and get on this bandwagon. I think someone offered him some tickets, and he said, you know what, yeah, this is a cool story. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go there and, and show my support. I don't think there was any malice or ill will. We know I that he's a Cub fan first and foremost, but I think supporting the South Side. I think that's fine by me if he wants to do that. And I wouldn't have done what Dave did. You know, I, I would have been worried about other things, but that's Dave's choice, and I don't begrudge him of that. But that's just kind of the way I feel about it, Herb. I agree, and I agree with that. Um, we don't have a huge, I mean, you could say the president, the former president, Barack Obama, yeah. is a big-time White Sox fan and is a vice in uh, Kaminsky Park. <laughs> um, but... Like, otherwise, it's not that huge. I mean, yes, I'm looking through the, the articles that says Jenny McCarthy, and then I see her in a Cub jersey. Then it's a uh, home dude from uh, Step Brothers. I forgot his John, real name. It's like the John, John, John C. Riley. Riley. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they're good. And I think Craig Robinson also, who was in the commercial with Nick Offerman, who was a nice Chicago, well, I'll put those in quotes. He, I think he lived in Chicago for a little bit, but I think he is from like downstate, like Minooka or something like that. <laughs> but those guys are good White Sox fans. Craig Robinson, you see him now in the pizza commercials uh, doing the, I'm a pepperoni guy now or I'm a pineapple guy now. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Can't be doing that, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> He likes he likes money. I hope he listens. I hope you listen, Craig Robinson. Call in. He's in that Tide commercial. I couldn't get, I couldn't get the Tide jingle out of my head that he was singing during that Bears game. He's got a new Tide commercial out too. It's, so it's gain. 
Gain, that's right. Gain. I see. He's a gainiac. Oh, yeah. Gainiac. Gainiac. There it is. It, it stuck with me so much, I got the brand wrong, which is the exact opposite of what they wanted to achieve. But yeah, man. Uh, to, yeah, to your point, not a great list right there. I remember when I was at the World Series in 05, I saw Shy McBride on the concourse. Huh. <laughs> and I thought that was a huge deal. He was in that show. Was that, I think he was in Boston Legal at the time. Yeah. I think that was the show that was running on Fox at the time. So he was there, but also, like, you know, he was a, a south side guy so yeah that was you know again you're not talking about uh a-listers here but john c Riley, bob odenkirk those are a-listers in my book love those guys right know, there do you know uh wood harris from chicago yeah and if you guys don't if you guys know who wood harris is firstly julius campbell but you guys mostly know him as avon barksdale from the wire from chicago his brother steve also from chicago i wonder if they're White Sox fans, I would uh, assume that they would be White Sox fans, but they never put on those lists. They should invite them out, you know, oh, yeah. invite them out for throw out a first pitch, you know. And of course, uh, also another one of their brothers, uh, Adam Harris, is, is one of the Harris brothers. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that's very inside. Uh, let's let's close out here now that we're done talking about celebrities. Yeah, we need more. Um, final one here. It's been a while since we since we've had. Uh, Uncle Pete check in with with an email here, and Uncle Pete summing up uh, everything perfectly. He goes, "Where the fuck are you guys? Move on to second base. Holy Sheets can play right. Trade Furberger for a pitching prospect. Hide TLR's hair dye. Bring Jermaine back. Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. Uh, Uncle Pete, trick or treat. Cangelosi has tiny feet." <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Pete, for the gangstar reference, for your presence. We we uh uh so the the, the Chi Ali uh reference uh, first and foremost. But yeah, Guru, uh you know. So I appreciate that, Uncle Pete. It's good hearing from you. It is, Pete, Uncle Pete. Good guy right there. Who knew he knew Chi Ali? Chi Ali went to jail for a little bit. Yeah, he did. You know that? Yeah, Robert. So Robert- like sister's brother. Our sister's did he, boyfriend? Um, did he rob a bank? I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Chi Ali. This is, uh, I should know this. Um, let's see. Oh, manslaughter. Yeah, just January 14, 2000. He shot and killed Sean Raymond during an argument in the Throg's Neck area of the Bronx. Uh, Raymond was the brother of Griffith's girlfriend at the time. Yeah, so you're right. You had it. Yeah, my, so, yeah, my, my Chi Ali legal trouble is much uh, worse than I thought. I thought he... He robbed it. Steady B robbed the bank, didn't he? Did Steady was Steady B the one yeah. that, that robbed the <laughs> bank? Uh, we'll have to fact check that. We need our producer. Mike Geronimo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is just name 90s, rap, 80s, 90s rappers from New York. Oh, here we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. This is from medium.com. The headline, how cool C and Steady B robbed a bank, killed a cop, and lost their souls. Oh, man. We are ending on a real bleak note here. Um, but Jesus Christ. All right. So, uh, yeah, there it is. We're close. Closing out on, on Chi Ali and Gangstar and Steady B and Robin Banks and Manslaughter. Uh, what a perfect way to end this Wednesday show. So we did all these. We recorded all three of these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Sunday night. So if there's any news that happened and you're not hearing about it yet, uh, you'll hear about it on uh, tomorrow's show, Thursday, Friday. So that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, at Wall 23 And the show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you for making Lockdown Socks your first listen every day. Lockdown Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Lockdown Socks on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you for joining us again on Lockdown Socks.